Welcome to the Strategic Living Podcast, a program dedicated to helping you achieve personal healing, discover your strategic purpose, and lead with maximum impact. Our goal is to challenge your thinking, expand your vision, and awaken the strategic influencer in you. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here is your next level mentor and coach, and the host of the Strategic Living Podcast, Brian Holmes. Welcome, everyone, to the program today. My name is Brian Holmes, and this is episode 326. Our goal is to connect with your heart, captivate your mind, and help you to see the possibilities that exist right in front of you. Today, we're talking about change is inevitable, but growth is optional. Well, the title of our episode today is actually a quote from the great leadership trainer and coach and teacher, John Maxwell. In one of his writings, he said, change is inevitable. And we've talked about that on this program, gosh, numerous times. But he goes on to say that growth is optional. One thing we know for sure, things are going to change. I mean, my gosh, your body is constantly changing. Uh, The climate apparently (laughs) is changing. (laughs) Don't fault me for laughing at that. Uh, The people around you are changing. Circumstances are changing. Uh, The financial world is changing. Technology is changing. Everything's changing. The question is, are you cooperating with that change, making really good choices as it relates to what's happening around you. And as a result, are you growing into your next level? Are you growing into the person that can leverage and maximize the change? This is what I believe John Maxwell was talking about when he said, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. There is the occasion where life brings us Uh, something that we're not expecting. There is, of course, in life, opportunities for personal development and growth that come to us not because we asked for them, but because things happen. There is also these opportunities or occasions where just the natural rhythm of life brings about opportunities and change and dynamics that are different. And if we do not change internally and grow ourselves from the inside out, we find it nearly impossible, if not completely impossible, to leverage what's happening on the outside. My question today is pretty simple. Are you growing into the person you're capable of being, or are you simply accommodating the changes that are taking place around you. And by that, I mean, are you, are you adapting or are you growing? That is what I want us to look at very closely here in this conversation today. Here's this week's tools, tips, and recommended resources guaranteed to amplify your leadership and accelerate your personal growth. I'm pretty certain that dozens of times on this program, 
on Monday Mastery and on other things that we do, I've ta- you've heard me talk about my Nespresso coffee machine. Now, most people think I'm saying espresso, which is a version of making a cup of coffee. It's a shot glass. It's a very strong, bold shot glass size coffee. But I'm saying Nespresso. That's a particular brand of coffee machine. And uh, it's N-E-S-P-R-E-S-S-O. Specifically, I have the Virtualine coffee machine. V-E-R-T-U-O-L-I-N-E. Now, just, just to give you a quick summary on that, why that's important. The original machine that Nespresso came out with uh, had coffee pods, the, the little containers that have the coffee beans in them, that were designed specifically for espresso size cups of coffee. The virtual line line of machines that they brought out several years later actually have larger pods and are designed specifically to generate large full-size cups of the glorious Java. Okay, So I want to tell you that uh, this particular machine is like real important to me, okay? And if you happen to be someone who enjoys a good cup of coffee, I'm going to recommend that you check out the Nespresso Virtual Line machine. In fact, let me tell you that I drink, uh, on average, three to four cups of coffee a day. And no, I don't wig out on caffeine. Uh, I know where my balance is. But I have two or three in the morning. I have one usually in the afternoon. Occasionally, I have a decaf in the evening just because I enjoy it especially on cold winter evenings. But this machine, I tell you, once you have a Nespresso cup of coffee, you're not going to go back or not, you're not going to be happy with regular drip coffee. What happens is, is that the, the pods, the coffee pods have barcodes on them. There is a reader inside the machine that identifies what type of coffee crew that you've placed in the machine. And that dictates how many times the pod spins and how fast it spins. And in that spinning mechanism, it actually draws out the oils and the essence and the different parts of the coffee bean that you would not normally get with with water just dripping over your coffee grounds. Okay, So you wind up with a cup of coffee that has this large layer of foam on the top, which is actually the beautiful tastes and extracts of, of the coffee bean that you don't normally get. So this thing is just powerful. It's amazing. By the way, I'm going to recommend you also consider getting the Arachino, which is the the little machine that sits on the side of the coffee machine that froths up your milk. It steams your milk or froths up your milk for the various fancy drinks you can make. I heat my milk up in that thing just because I like a nice hot cup of coffee. But go to brianholmes.com forward slash Nespresso. I am not an affiliate. I should be because I've sold dozens of these machines to friends and family and people that I've told about this. I promise you, go try. If you've got a store near you, go try a cup of Nespresso coffee. You will not be disappointed. that I, I travel with my machine. That's how serious I am about this. I have a third machine. I have one at my office. I have one at my home. And I have a third one that stays in the box, and it travels with me if I'm going to be gone for more than two or three nights. Uh, this is legit, people. Nespresso Virtual Line Coffee Machine. BrianHolmes.com forward slash Nespresso to find out more.
the great designer, the creator of the universe, the one who formed you in your mother's womb. And yes, I am coming from a very strong Christian worldview on this one because uh, I do believe in a intelligent design. I believe that God uh, actually designed this whole situation. And in doing so, he put in place certain laws. There are spiritual laws, there are laws of physics, there are laws of success, all these different laws. And these laws govern the outcomes in our life. They govern the universe. One of those laws is the law of growth. Now, we know, and you've heard me say before, that living things grow and growing things change. Living things grow and growing things change. In fact, if something stops changing and growing, it will acquire a completely new status. It's called dead, D-E-A-D, or as we say here in Texas, dead. It's two syllables. What happens when there is great external change taking place around you? Life circumstances, careers, jobs, business, uh, ministry, church, whatever it is, stuff's happening dynamically around you. But your internal growth does not measure up to the new opportunities presented by what's happening outside of you. What happens when an organization decides to, and I'm using air quotes here, stick to its guns and hold the line when really the market demands adjustment, it demands growth, it demands fundamental transformation from the inside out because what, what is happening on the outside is, not, is no longer being uh, considered as we formulate our company's plans, whether that's a corporation, a small business, a ministry, a nonprofit, whatever you're doing, your organization has to consider the demands of what's happening on the outside. If you don't grow into the capacity that meets the needs of those you're serving, you're out of business. What happens when a religious institution or a denomination or a movement that was once on the cutting edge decides to defend its heritage and its foundations at the expense of rising to the challenge of what the world is really crying out for? Well, I can answer that one too. What happens is you wind up with a religious institution that's completely out of touch and out of place and not engaged in being salt and light. We're no longer affecting change in the world. We're now just kind of rallying the troops and making sure we circle the wagons and we want to hold on to what we've got. And because we refuse to grow, we become impotent as it relates to our, our personal and our organizational assignment. What happens when an individual, like you or I, are thrust into a crisis situation only to realize that our skills, our talents, our abilities, our mindset, those things plateaued many years ago, and the way we think, the way we operate no longer is up to meeting the demands of the new thing that's been presented to us, the new opportunity. You know, technology is moving at a breakneck speed. In fact, uh, I, 
I heard some statistic many years ago. I don't remember the number, but technology is changing so quickly. If you've ever bought uh, a smartphone or, or a, a computer or a laptop or any type of tablet, uh, it's it's one of those things where you almost have buyer's remorse walking out the door, not because you're dissatisfied with what you walked out with, but it's the knowledge, it's it's the knowing that in about 30 days, if you bought the top-of-the-line technology, that top-of-the-line is going to be no longer top-of-the-line. It might even be completely just insufficient here in a year or two. I think about companies like IBM and Windows and Dell who, in the in the personal computing world for many years, those companies were at the pinnacle of influence. They they were the Windows platform, and, and then the companies that were really promoting those, IBM and Dell and various ones. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones that were out there. Hewlett-Packard. And, and in, in really settling into the status quo and functioning within the confines of what was normal and acceptable, and we don't need to grow really anything. We've got it figured out. This, this company called Apple comes along, and when Steve Jobs came back to the company, he and his teams began to tap into this unbelievable source of innovation and creativity, and they turned the world of personal computing on its head. And they literally changed the personal computing industry but not just the computer industry. They changed the communications industry when they introduced the iPhone. No one was thinking in terms of that sort of a device uh, until the iPhone came forward, and boy, did it take over like crazy. And then the iPod, and, and the iPod fundamentally, over time, really in a short space of time, completely transformed the music industry and how musicians get paid and songwriters get paid and how, you know, there's no longer vinyls or CDs or cassette tapes. Now you can literally push a button on your smart device and you can download one song, not just a whole album. Everything changed. Technology is moving so fast. I could spend time here on this program today recounting to you so many examples of how History has shown us that organizations, companies, movements, when they refuse to grow with what is changing around them, they miss the opportunity to really be a player on the next level. Change is inevitable. Growth, however, is optional. You know, in the example of IBM and Dell and Windows and all these types of companies, uh, they, they've been working hard the last 10 years to play catch-up because they were literally blown out of the water for more than a decade because they refused to grow with the times. Let's talk about you. There's no doubt in my mind that there's been all kinds of things in your world changing over the last few years. I mean, you really can't live life without change happening. Maybe you're, you're watching how fast and how quickly your kids are growing up. Some of us who are listening to this program have kids that are now adults, not only by age, but they're, they're engaged in university or they're engaged in life. They're, they're starting their own families and doing that sort of thing. That's just a, that's, it cha- it's gonna, change is going to happen. Some of us are now looking down the barrel of the empty nest syndrome where 
all of a sudden, after 20-plus years of having kids in the house, now it's just you and the wifey or you and the husband, and and you know it's just like, well, maybe the dog's around too. But you've got this, this new dynamic. Change is coming. It's coming at you fast. Maybe your company has been bought out, or maybe it's under new management. Maybe you've launched a business, or maybe you've sold a business. Maybe you personally have moved to a different part of the city you live in, or maybe you've completely changed geographic location. You moved from one state to another state. I want to tell you, I recognize and I acknowledge that all of these things indicate that you have participated with change. You really can't fog up a mirror and not have to adapt in some form or fashion to change that's happening around you. The question that I have for you is, have you grown personally, mentally, academically, emotionally, spiritually, practically? Have you grown in proportion to the demands that that change has offered? Are you engaging the change on the basis of just the old you? Are you simply adapting to the change in an effort to try to survive or continue in the status quo? Or have you recognized that there are areas in your own life where in order to leverage, maximize, and absolutely blow the next level out of the water, you, my friend, are going to have to grow. You're going to have to grow in your skills in your knowledge, in your ability to relate with people. You're going to have to grow emotionally. You're going to have to grow mentally. You're going to have to uproot some mindsets and some old beliefs that served you well on the previous level, but they're not going to get you where you need to be on this next level. You've heard me say this before. What was excellent on the previous level is mediocre at best when you arrive at the new level. Here's some examples for you. Maybe you've heard me use one or two of these before, but you know, I, I played basketball in high school and I was really good. I'm not boasting, I'm just telling you, I was very talented, had a lot of athleticism, I could jump like crazy. Uh, I scored an average of 22 to 24 points a game. Uh, I, I played well. Our whole team was great. Interestingly enough, though, as good as we were in high school, None of our high school team, and by the way, we were undefeated for three years. We played large public schools in our city and won tournaments all the time. We were really exceptionally good, but none of us were recruited or ever made it in junior college even, much less on a Division I university school team. Why? Because what is excellent on one level is mediocre at best on the next level. You know, my wife went to high school with a couple of uh, young guys that went on to play university ball. In fact, one of them won a national championship with Duke University. And this guy in high school was an All-American, uh, was known all over the state of Texas, was phenomenal, highly recruited by numerous universities, chose Duke, went on to be the either the fifth starter or the sixth man off the bench just about every game his entire college career. Phenomenal career, phenomenal career was drafted in the third round of the NBA draft, and to my knowledge, never played one minute on an NBA floor. Why? It's not that he wasn't a fabulous, incredible specimen. 
It wasn't that he wasn't some great basketball player. It was that what was excellent on the university level was not going to cut it in the pros. What about with leadership? I found a, well, I've taught this for years, so I didn't just find this, but many years ago I found an example in in the Bible of this same principle. Uh, In the Old Testament, Moses was having some leadership challenges with his with his nation, and his father-in-law uh, gave him some really good counsel. He said, "Go, go assign based on talent, skill, ability, mindset. All look at their qualifications and, and their capacity, and assign or appoint captains of tens, captains of hundreds, and captains of thousands." And the idea here is is that. There were certain individuals that had leadership capacity, but they really only had capacity to lead 10 people. There were others that had capacity, and they had grown themselves, and they had groomed themselves. They had actually uh, applied themselves and grown into a larger, more significant leadership capacity. They had the chops to lead hundreds of people. And then there were a few that had the capacity, the unusual leadership capacity to lead thousands. In my mind, some of the ones that could lead thousands probably used to lead hundreds or maybe even tens, but they, they, even though change was happening around them, they chose to pursue personal and leadership growth in order that they might have a wider span of impact and influence in their nation. This is true of you and I. If we want to be influencers and leaders in culture, we have to constantly be growing into the next level so that we can expand what I call our measure of influence. Think about this principle in terms of your career. So you have students, people that are in college and they're studying and they're earning their degrees or getting their their certifications to, to grow into a particular role in their career. Maybe during that time or after they get out of college, they they work part-time and they're learning. They're learning how to deal with people. They're learning the retail area. They're learning corporate America. They're they're just learning. You have blue-collar workers. It's a different level. These people are the ones that get their hands dirty and do the hard labor, the hard work, and they they really have to get after it with with precision-type skills. Then you have the the white-collar or the corporate executive types and that's not a derogatory remark. You've got to have those types of leaders in place. You have business owners. You have entrepreneurs. There are all these different levels that require a certain amount of, of application and growth if you're going to attain to a new level. Listen, this whole idea works when you think about money. There are levels of money. Remember, what is excellent on one level is mediocre at best on the next level. Don't expect to get a promotion to a new level for which you've not grown into. With money, you're, you're, maybe you're broke. <laughs> maybe this is not a criticism. Maybe it takes government assistance for you to survive and to feed your family and to take care of your, your day-to-day needs. Maybe you're, you're a hard, incredibly hardworking individual. And you're making a, a steady paycheck and you're surviving. You're getting those bills paid and you're, you're doing the responsible thing and taking care of those you love. Maybe even, maybe you're at a place now where you're able to save a little bit of money every month. You're saving 10%, 15% of your income and you're putting a little bit back for a rainy day. Maybe you've 
grown yourself into a place where you're not only saving on a small level, but you're have you have resources and discretionary monies to invest things that will generate money for you down the road. Maybe you're financially independent. Maybe you're at a place where you've just you're at a place that you're just flat wealthy. You you're now at a place where you've created generational wealth. You're going to pass these things on to the people that you love. Every level requires a new discipline of growth. Every level requires the expansion, the the fine-tuning of abilities, skills, mindsets, all these things. As you think about these different levels, understand that life will constantly be in motion around you. Change will be taking place in every area of your life and in every sector of our world. Opportunities, I promise you, will always be presenting themselves to you. You will there, There's never a shortage of opportunity. The next level is available to you. There's no question about it. The question is, will you choose to grow yourself in order that you might grow your world? Will you choose to grow your mind, your, your academia, your knowledge base, your skill sets, Will you choose to grow your heart and your spirit and your spiritual uh, health in order that you might have the capacity to perform at the next level with great, great success? You cannot perform at a level that you've not grown into yet. You cannot, I'm going to repeat this, you cannot perform at a level that you've not yet grown into. My dear friends, I'm challenging you today to embrace the idea that not everything you've considered to be growth is gross growth. Some of the things that you've said, well, I've grown as there really you've adapted to change. What I'm talking about is, are you ready to perform at the next level? Are you ready to influence more people, make a larger impact, make a bigger splash? Are you, are you growing yourself? in order that you might become the person that you have the capacity of being. Change is inevitable. Growth, however, is optional. If you're ready to take your life and leadership to another level and are committed to doing whatever necessary to become the influencer God has created you to be, then you are ready for this week's Influencers Challenge. So I want to give you five things you can do to grow your life, grow your leadership, and leverage the opportunities that are in front of you right now. Do you want to grow? Okay, let me give you these five things. Number one, know thyself. That's going to include getting with someone who can help you really identify what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses. You need to know your weaknesses. How am I uniquely wired? What are my values? You've heard me talk about all these things on the program. But you it this whole thing begins with knowing who you are, why you're here, how you're uniquely wired, what are your passions, and getting a real sense of this is my identity. That's number one. Number two, as you assess your life, your leadership, identify strategic areas where Growth is needed. Do you need to grow emotionally? 
Do you need to address your beliefs? Do you need to change some mindsets in order to to capture the opportunities at the next level? Listen, bad thinking, bad beliefs, limiting beliefs will absolutely sabotage your next level. Do you need to grow in your knowledge? Do you need to go back to school? Get a certification. What do you need to do to to prepare yourself to perform at the optimum levels uh, in the next place? Do you need to acquire some new skills? Do you need some credentials to do what you want to do on the next level? What are the specific areas where you need to grow? Number three, enroll in a learning program or learning discipline. Now, this might come in the form of college or university. It might be a trade school. It might be some courses you can take or classes you can take to receive certifications and credentials for certain levels of of work. It could mean, in addition to all that, just formulating a very high discipline in the area of reading and personal development. It could also mean uh, having someone come into your life and function as a true mentor and you submitting yourself to that person as a mentee. There are also internship opportunities. If you there's an area you want to be able to to really function in at a high level, well, sign up for an internship and in, 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 with a company or with a group that's doing that and learn the craft. But you you must be a lifetime and lifestyle learner if you're going to grow. Number four, check your relationships. Now I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So check your relationships. Are these people growing you or are they holding you back? Very important. Get people around you, a mastermind group, a coaching group, some friends, some some peers that are maybe not on your same level, but they've succeeded more. They've grown more. They, they're a little bit further ahead than you are in the, in the journey, and they can pull you into that next place. Check your relationships. Number five, submit yourself to a legitimate accountability system. My friends, there is no personal growth without accountability. you got to have somebody that you answer to or a group of people you answer to. When you make commitments, who's checking you on those commitments? When you say, I'm going to read this book, who's checking you on those things? Know thyself. Identify areas where you need to grow. Enroll in a learning program of some kind. Check your relationships and submit yourself to a legitimate accountability system. Listen to me. Where you are today, right now, is a reflection of where you stopped growing. That's all it is. You don't have to stay there. The choice is yours. Remember, change is inevitable. Growth is totally up to you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Strategic Living Podcast. We trust this program has been a valuable resource and has challenged you to take your life and leadership to the next level. We invite you to join our growing community of strategic influencers by connecting with us at brianholmes.com. As always, if this podcast and our other resources have benefited you, be sure to share them and pass it on. Until next time, may God bless you immensely. And remember, you are created for greatness.